Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It is great to be with you today. Uh, I am Boyd Matheson, as always, uh, sitting in the chair today and uh, really excited. Been looking forward to this uh, conversation uh, with uh, Rabbi Avrami Zippel. Uh, It is uh, Happy Hanukkah, the beginning of the season here. And uh, Rabbi, thanks for joining us today. I know this is a very busy day for you. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought... There are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, thank you, Boyd. It's an honor to be with you. Great to carve out a couple minutes and have some great conversations about a special time of year. It's really an honor to be with you, so thank you. Oh, wonderful. Well, give us just a uh, a quick backstory for those of our listeners who uh, are probably familiar with the term Hanukkah, uh, but that may be the extent of it all. Uh, just give us a little bit of the backstory. So about two millennium ago, about 2,000 years ago, our forefathers living in the land of Israel came under persecution from the Hellenic, Hellenic Greek forces uh, who made it very difficult for the Jews to practice their faith and to live a life dedicated to the service of God. And amongst some of the more offensive things they did, they desecrated the Holy Temple. They ransacked it. They put a pig on the altar, which was an extremely offensive act. And, you know, they really, really kind of set their mark on eradicating Jewish observance and Jewish pride and really having some sort of deep, immense gratitude to God for our traditions. And the small group of married men, the Maccabees, were severely overmatched from a military standpoint, rose up against their oppressors and drove them from their land. And when they sought to rededicate the Holy Temple and to light the seven-armed candelabra, the menorah that was in the Holy Temple, lo and behold, they only found enough oil and one small cruise of oil to burn for one night. And they knew that the journey to go and procure fresh oil would take approximately seven to eight days. And so with faith in their hearts and hope in their minds, they lit the menorah, just with, the enough oil, with that enough oil to burn for one night. And miraculously, it burned for eight days, that little bit of oil that was supposed to be only enough for one. Uh. Right that, we celebrate an eight-day holiday where we light our own menorah every night as a sign of thanksgiving and gratitude. 
Uh, I, I love that. And, and one of the things that I love in particular is that the uh, the, the focus is less about the miraculous victory in battle, uh, but much more about this miracle of the light. Uh, and I think in a in a year that many have uh, called a dark winter, uh, I think that's so important. Uh, I think of the uh, the verse in Zechariah that says, uh, "Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit." And and really, it is by that light. Uh, talk to us for a little bit about the the light, the menorah, what that means, and uh, and the messages that sends during Hanukkah. Well, first off, boy, I could not agree with you more. And I shared this with uh, some folks a couple of days ago. You know, Hanukkah is an extremely special and meaningful time of year, and one in which I always find tremendous significance and meaning, and, you know, there's some very, very powerful lessons that could be had every year. But I think particularly this year during the age of COVID and the dark winter that you discussed, you know, I think for a lot of people during 2020, there's been this constant sense of, well, things are just not the same. You know, we want to be doing something, celebrating a holiday, a religious observance, doing all the things that we normally do that would always be happening under ordinary circumstances, and we just can't do them due to COVID. And I think about our forefathers coming into the Holy Temple and wanting to do this great significance, lighting this candelabra for God, doing the thing they would ordinarily be doing, and realizing that the circumstances that they found themselves in made that impossible. They only had one small cruise of oil instead of having their regular supply. And so I think that the predicament they found themselves in thousands of years ago is so similar to where we are today. And you know what they did, Boyd? They made the best with what they could. They did what was what was up to them. They were they controlled what they were able to control and left the rest up to God. And God performed a miracle for them. And, and to me, that has such a powerful significance this time of year. You know, we know that our Hanukkah observances here in the community are going to look very different than having years past, and that's been the reality of 2020. Doing things that look tremendously different and unusual compared to years past. And I take a lesson from, from our ancestors that we do what is upon us and let God do what is upon God. Oh, I love <clears throat> I love that. That is so powerful. Uh, I, I love, too, that one of the things uh, that with the with the lights and with the celebration each night, uh, that there is a focus or tradition has had it that the, the light needs to be able to shine outside uh, as well as inside. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, I had the opportunity to be back at the uh, Beckett Foundation and uh, uh, just had a great experience there. But there was a, a phrase used there that it was uh, the menorah needed to shine outside, that we needed to be in the public square, that this just wasn't about an internal celebration. This was about sharing light and, and really having the uh, the essence of that ability to practice your faith and religion uh, in the public square is, is as important as being able to do it in your home. Absolutely. I think that's what really sets Hanukkah apart from the other observances and significances of the year. We, we do celebrate our holidays quite proudly and prominently throughout the year. And by and large, whilst we're engaged in Jewish outreach, you know, for the most part, that outreach is limited to members of the Jewish faith. You know, we do have big holiday services in the synagogue for members of the too, with all of the other holidays that we celebrate throughout the year. And the token exception to that rule is obviously Hanukkah, whereas you very correctly mentioned, paraphrasing, where the obligation is actually to kindle the menorah in the most public way possible. I'm actually standing right now on ground uh, where we're erecting the largest menorah that's ever been in the state of Utah, almost 15 feet high. And tonight the governor is going to come out 
and participate in the menorah lighting as he has for all 11 years of his term. Under ordinary circumstances, he was lighting a menorah at a jazz game during Hanukkah in front of 19,000 people at halftime. And so that is the central observance. And how we go about it on Hanukkah is the public in the light to the outdoor space, to the public, infusing a world that is so demanding of light and love and warmth and providing that as far and wide as we can. Uh, so, so powerful. And that will be tonight up at the state capitol. 7 p.m. is uh, the time, I believe. Authority tonight at the state capitol. It's, uh, it's in the upper A lot in the northeastern corner of the capitol complex. That'll be tonight. 7 o'clock, we'll be lighting the downtown menorah at Abravenel Hall Plaza, which is kindled every single night of Hanukkah, uh, usually at 7 on the weekends. It's a little bit different. You can see the, the schedule on our website for more info. But, yeah, Hanukkah is all about taking that message as far and wide as possible. Wonderful. Just want to sneak in one last question because this uh, this was really striking to me. Uh, that is part of uh, the mitzvah uh, that takes place as you're going through Hanukkah uh, is that there is uh, that you're not supposed to do any work while the Hanukkah lights are burning. That uh, that light that uh, all manner of other work becomes irrelevant uh, while that sacred light is burning. Tell us just a little bit about that, if you can. So applicable to you know our society and our age and that is while after kindling the menorah there's actually a commandment part of the time sitting by the candlelight and really taking in the message and the significance and and, and goes in judaism to listen to what the candles are saying to you Mm. which i think is something which is so sorely lacking in today's day and age you know even when we take on certain observances and we do certain things you know, we do them, we get them over with, we check the box on the list, and then we move on. And one of the real beauty of Hanukkah is to, is to do the mitzvah, is to do the, the observance, and light the menorah, and then afterwards, detach. You know, put away your phone, sit with your family, don't get busy doing something else, and really listen and take in and internalize the message of Hanukkah, the beauty of Hanukkah, the idea of the constant adding in light and never being complacent and always striving to go higher and better and more and more light. And so for me, that is a significance, which is eight days long on Hanukkah, that I really try to extend throughout the entire year. You know, when you're doing something, when you're involved in something holy, when you're doing something with your family, be totally in that. Be there. Be part of the moment. Look for the significance that the moment has to teach you and be wholeheartedly into it. Uh, be here now. Absolutely love that. that listen listen what to what is. the candle, listen to what the light is telling you. Uh, that is fantastic. Well, Rabbi Zippel, I know you've got a crazy day today. Thank you so much. I know you're going to come back and chat with Lee Lonsberry on Live Mike a little later this afternoon. Uh, we yes, appreciate sir. your leadership in uh, our community and the, the difference you make for so many. Thanks for joining us today. All right, that's uh, Rabbi Zippel uh, joining us, uh, talking Hanukkah today. Again, that will begin uh, this evening. And uh, just some great insight. I love that idea of listening to what the candle is telling you. Uh, that is powerful, uh, really slowing down. And as he said, be present in those moments. And regardless of our faith traditions, uh, to make sure we're not just zipping through those uh, traditions, checking the boxes, but that we're being wholly present and mindful of all of that great, great insight. All right, we're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll round out our conversation on Hanukkah. Much more to come here on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Sources. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News, and I want to continue uh, our conversation uh, that we started uh, with Rabbi Zippel on uh, this day that Hanukkah begins. 
And th- this whole idea of light is is just such a, a powerful thing to me. And it's worth all of us thinking through, regardless of our religious faith or persuasion or affiliation, uh, light is something that we need in this world. And particularly as we look at a year that many, uh, including Vice President, uh, former Vice President Joe Biden, President-elect Joe Biden, uh, has called a dark winter. And the reality is, is that in, in every individual, in every community, in every country, uh, there are some dark winters. We do have some dark winters. They they come about. And the test is, what do we do in the darkness? And, of course, the best thing, there's nothing more valuable in the darkness than light, even if it's small, even if it seems insignificant. Light makes all the difference. And I think of the people who go about every day uh, spreading that light, uh, I had a text from a friend this morning describing uh, another friend uh, who has been out helping the homeless uh, this past weekend, sharing light, uh, making a difference, uh, not just providing some cash, but providing needed uh, essential items and then connection points uh, to help people. It actually goes to the social capital project that uh, Senator Lee has been leading, uh, that government can't do it all and shouldn't do it all. And we have to be careful that when we look to government to do it all, the, that great muscle of civil society, of that social capital begins to atrophy. And so we do. We, need, we, need, we don't need bigger government. We need bigger citizens. We need more heroic communities. We need people who are, are willing to share light, shed light, be light. And the Hanukkah celebration is such a great focus on that. Uh, I was reading this morning a great quote from Albert Schweitzer uh, that I think applies to so many of us. Uh, And this is what he said. In everybody's life, at some time, our inner fire goes out. And that is true. (laughs) We all have those dark winters. Uh, We have those moments where we lose uh, that inner fire uh, that we're down, we're discouraged, we're frustrated, and uh, there is no light. But then Albert Schweitzer said, it is then burst into flame by an encounter with another human being. We should all be thankful for those people who rekindle the inner spirit. And I love that he used the word rekindle. Uh, another prominent word in the Hanukkah celebration is that they kindle that flame Uh, and it rekindles that inner spirit. And so we have to look at how we do that, and we have to recognize why we need civil society, why we need neighborhoods and communities like we have here in this state that are far from perfect uh, but have the right focus uh, and can help people in a different way. Uh, So I want to turn uh, now to uh, Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs, uh, who passed away uh, back in late November, uh, a great moralist, and uh, part of his book uh, on morality and the need for it in the public square uh, gave a, some good definitions for us to think about as we look at how do we help the needy, uh, those that are struggling, those that are stuck in poverty, uh, how do we actually help them, and what is it that's going to help them? But it starts with the right kind of mindset. Listen to this. The reason we cannot outsource morality to the market or the state is 
that they operate on completely different principles. The simplest way of seeing this is by a thought experiment. Imagine you have a thousand pounds and you decide to share it with nine others. You're left with a tenth of what you had at the beginning. Imagine you have total power. Say a hundred percent share in a company, and then decide to share ninety percent of it between nine others. You have a tenth of the power you had before. Wealth and power operate by division. The more we share. The less we have. Imagine now that you have a certain measure of influence, or friendship, or knowledge, or love, and you decide to share that with nine others. You don't have less; you may have more. That is because these are social goods, goods that exist by sharing. These are goods that have a moral or spiritual dimension, and they have this rare quality that the more we share, the more we have. Love that. The more we share, the more we have. So when you look at what is happening,、uh, or what does happen in business or in government, in power,、uh, wealth and power operate by division. In other words, the more it is shared, the less there is.、Uh, on the other hand, when you're talking about influence. We're talking about influence. The more you share, the more you have, and it is challenging for a lot of people to wrap their head around that. That a society with a strong shared moral code, this connection, this、uh, social capital,、uh, has all the power, because it's a we society, not an I society. And when we recognize that these kinds of things are not a zero sum game. Uh, then we can really have influence. Then we can really lift, and then we can really use that light、uh, in a significant way. And so I remind you as we close out today again from Albert Schweitzer: In everybody's life, at some time, our inner fire goes out. It then bursts into flame by an encounter with another human being. We should all be thankful for those people who rekindle that inner spirit. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor for the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us today on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. And as always, as you go out into the world, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me, and this is the point where I thought I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said. You need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door, boom, 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 and there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts dot com or wherever you get your podcasts.